Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfarer Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Appreciate you joining me again today on this chapter a day journey where we find ourselves in Genesis 16. It was verse 13 that resonated with me this morning, which says, Hagar gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Today's podcast is entitled, Namaste God. Our dear friend has a yoga studio here in town, and Wendy has actively been assisting her with her business. And so I even attend class now and then. Given the increased stiffening of the muscles and joints one experiences with age, I really should go more often. It is really good for my body. One of the traditions of yoga is that of ending a class with the salutation, Namaste. The literal translation from Hindu is, I bow to you, and it is a traditional humble salutation used in their culture in both greeting and parting. Many people speak of the word's broader definition as, I see you, or the divine in me sees the divine in you. And I find that concept quite lovely. Today's chapter is downright Shakespearean when bookended with yesterday's chapter. Yesterday's chapter was about Abram's simple belief of God's promises being credited to him as righteousness. Of course, the promise God has made Abram from the very beginning was that his descendants would be as numerous as stars in the sky and the sand on the beach. So today's chapter begins with the harsh reality of his wife, Sarah, being old and childless. Sarah, who is tired of waiting, tired of believing, tired of trusting, takes matters into her own hands. She tells Abram to do what was very common in the culture of that day. She tells her husband to sleep with her servant, Hagar, and have a child by her so that he could have an heir. Abram just goes along with it. Sarah and Abram's story intersect with me and my own story on multiple levels. Along my journey, I've had my own experiences with God's promises that were given and then the long suffering required to see that promise fulfilled. Those questions of how long do I wait and should I be doing something to make this happen are very real. Abram and Sarah's impatience and exasperation, they resonate deeply with me. And then, of course, there is the journey of infertility that Wendy and I walked together for many years, though much shorter than Abram and Sarah. But there are emotions and questions and struggles that one experiences on the journey of infertility, both for a man and a woman, that are unlike anything else I've experienced in life. I've observed that those who have not experienced it are largely unaware of the intensity of the ordeal, and most are reluctant to even engage in an empathetic conversation about it. So I get Sarah and Abram's desperation and their desire to make this thing happen once and for all. Then there's Hagar, who is the oft-ignored victim of this desperate act. 
Now, in all my years of studying the great story, I regularly find Hagar to be regarded with either ignorance, she's not considered at all, or subtle contempt, she's viewed contemptuously as the other woman. But in the quiet this morning, I couldn't ignore her. Hagar was a slave. She had no choice in this matter. She suffered a gross injustice that was compounded by Sarah's antipathy and mistreatment of her, along with Abram's indifference. I mean, he says to Sarah, I do whatever you want with her. Hagar flees the abusive situation. She's homeless, penniless, defenseless, directionless, and pregnant. And then God shows up. And God blesses Hagar. He gives Hagar a carbon copy promise that he gave to Abram and Sarah. Quote, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. End quote. God comforts Hagar in her misery. God directs Hagar to return to Sarah because sometimes in the great story, one must face injustice rather than flee it in order for the larger story to unfold. And then Hagar says something amazing. It was the verse that I pulled out this morning. You are the God who sees me. I have seen the one who sees me. And as I read those words this morning, my soul whispered, Namaste. In the quiet this morning, I stand humbled and amazed at the lengths to which God regarded Hagar and the injustice done to her. God appears to this poor, pregnant slave girl in a way that he rarely appears to anyone in the great story, or at all. It echoes of Jesus' regard for a poor, publicly shamed and naked woman caught in the act of adultery, and his regard for a half-breed, divorced, and segregated Samaritan woman at the well. I see you. The God who sees Abram and Sarah in the intense struggles of their infertility journey. The God who sees Hagar in the suffering of the injustices done to her. The God who sees me in both my joys and my long sufferings. God sees me. So do I, like Hagar, see the God who sees me? Or, like Sarah and Abram, am I blinded by my doubts and fears and frustrations? Ah, the Shakespearean story is about to unfold. Two sons, two numerous peoples, the countless descendants of Hagar and Sarah, Arabs and Hebrews, both honoring Abram, Abraham as their father. Read the headlines. The story continues to unfold to this day. And I hope wherever you find yourself in the great story today, my friend, that you are blessed. Have a great one. We'll be back here tomorrow.